Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Take a Killer to Brunch. I am one of your co-hosts, Darcy. And I am Shannon, the other co-host. And we are very happy to have you. Welcome if you're brand new. We are a true crime and all things spooky, paranormal podcast, as well as welcome back to all of our return listeners. And one of the most important things, I need you to see my Arizona iced tea nails. <laughs> I freaking love those. Yeah, I haven't been able to drink an Arizona iced tea since I was like a sophomore in high school, but they just brought back vibes. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an, it's a thing, that's for sure. And I, I'm the same way. It's way too much sugar. I well, like I a diabetes. I used to drink one every single day because you know how at every high school there's a gas station at the end of the street that everyone goes to? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I would get one from that gas station every single morning. And by the time I was like a sophomore, I would just like the thought of it. I went to take a sip of one. And I almost vomited. And I was like, okay, so I'm kind of out of the space now. Got it. <laughs> yeah, for us, it was like, there was a gas station and then a, a drive through liquor store. Yeah, the liquor store was on the opposite corner. <laughs> It's like they strategically set it up that way. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, that was a fun, fun bit of reminisce. So I guess I will turn it over to you. I don't have anything else. All right, you guys. So this week, it's pretty sad. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to kind of depress people a little bit. So this was a request made again that I've, I've have gotten. So it's an absolutely wild story. And for him, he... This, I guess, semi-somewhat connected in a way, in his own way, I guess. But he basically knows some people. Anywho, so I'm going to tell you the story of Tom and Jackie Hawks. Have you ever heard of them, Darcy? I've never heard of them, no. Is it in Arizona? Okay. It's an Arizona thing, yeah. So that's why. And so... Tom and Jackie are actually the victims. And I know typically like in our episodes, we tend to focus more on like the murderer themselves or the serial killer, whoever it is. I just want to, I guess, lead into this episode because it is so tragic, focusing more on the victims and getting their story told and who they were as people. So on November 15th, 2004, they decided that they were going to, they had a basically a yacht and they were living in California off the coastline. They had made the decision to sell their yacht, and the person that they had sold it to wanted to take it out for basically like a ride just to see how it was on the water, and unfortunately, they would never be seen again past November 15th. It's probably one of the most brutal ways you can possibly imagine of dying. They were still alive when they were blindfolded and gagged basically tied to an anchor and thrown over their yacht into the water that is very like mafia style yeah very brutal very callous so now getting into the bits and pieces of everything i'm going to tell you guys about tom and jackie hawks themselves so tom hawks was 57 years old and his wife, Jackie, was 47. And technically speaking, I guess, prior to them being on their yacht, they were living in Prescott, Arizona. Tom had two sons. And Jackie was actually technically like their stepmother. But she had basically brought herself into the boys' lives. And she married Tom when they were still, I think, like young teenagers. 
So for all accounts and for all my research, they really looked at her as like a mother as well. I guess she was a really great stepmom. So she really kind of helped raise the boys. Tom himself, he was a firefighter. He was a bartender. And his last career before retiring was he was a probation officer in Prescott. But ultimately, throughout his entire life, his true passions were two things, which was the gym and being physically fit and being on the water. And those were a few things that Jackie had shared passions in as well. I believe they actually even met at the lake up there in Prescott during some sort of canoe expo or some sort of canoe-related event. So they both bonded pretty much immediately. The family said that they were quite literally perfect for each other, so they were very happy together. Their dream retirement basically per Tom especially was to end up on the water so he was one of those kind of people where you know he just all, his entire life he just was like he wanted to be on the water and live on the water basically be one of those where you just travel around on your boat and just explore so through all of his hard work through his multiple different careers he's had he was able to achieve that goal pretty early on like I said he was only 57 when he passed away or I should say murdered murdered but yeah he was able to achieve retirement in 2002 so tom and jackie sold their home and they purchased a yacht which i thought was very perfectly named for them it was called well deserved so the first year i guess yeah i'm like that's perfect for people that genuinely work really hard to be able to have that i know the first year it looks like they spent a lot of their time just kind of like making it all pristine and really just making it what they truly wanted as their dream. So they did a lot of that. They did a lot of hard work. And then for the following year, they decided that they were just going to drive, well, not drive, but boat, I should say, all the way up and down the California coastline. So that they were living the dream, absolute dream. They had family that would come out. They would take them on excursions. It was great. Unfortunately, but fortunately, too, it was just a very weird twist where they came to the realization that after a year doing that, they got to do their dream. Their dream kind of suddenly changed. And the biggest reason was because they found out that they were going to be grandparents. Aww. Yeah. So they were going to be expecting, I believe it was their first grandchild from Tom's son. His name is Matt. And he was expecting a little baby boy. So they were absolutely over the moon excited. They were going to be like, we're going to be the best grandparents. Oh my gosh, we're going to have so much fun. Oh, it was great. So then they they had the discussion, I guess. Well, we live on the water. Obviously, it's really hard for us to get back and forth all the time from California to Arizona. So they made the decision to actually go ahead and put well-deserved up for sale. So their yacht was put up for sale. Things change. And I... It was great that they got to do that for the year. So they listed well-deserved up on the market for $440,000. And they were basically just waiting for a buyer to come along. Uh, Now, the buyer. So soon after, like I said, it was listed, they received a response from a potential buyer. And by all accounts, he was referred to as a very baby face. He was 25, but he was also only 25 years old. His name was Skylar DeLeon. I'm going to go ahead and say this. Skylar DeLeon is first and foremost a piece of trash. Like, gum on the bottom of your shoe trash. Like, you don't even want to touch him. And normally, especially with murderers and serial killers, we'll dig into the whys and why they did what they do. And for him, 
there really was no valid reason other than that he's a piece of trash. Now, not to confuse everybody, Skylar DeLeon was actually originally born John Julius Jacobson Jr. He was born on August 12, 1979. I know, all the J's, literally four J's. It's like John Jacob Jingle Heimer Schmidt. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we had the same thought processes there. But for this episode, I will still refer to him as Skylar. And I will refer to him as him because that's who he was a he when this all occurred. Fast forward to the nowadays, he goes by Skylar. He had his name changed and he is actually going, undergoing gender reassignment. But I didn't want to confuse everybody. And so we're, we'll refer, I'll still refer to him as a name as he wants to refer to now as Skylar, but as he, because it gets too confused. A little bit about Skylar is that he was actually a child actor. So your typical child actor. Do you want to guess, Darcy, what child show he was on? I can give you. Was he a Disney? Can... Was he a Disney kid? Not a Disney kid. Oh, so I don't know. Not a okay. Disney kid. Yeah. So here's a hint. It involves, I believe there were five of them, and they all wore different well, colors. Mm. Never mind. <laughs> Teletubbies? No. The Wiggles. Barney. No. I don't know. <laughs> different colors? <laughs> different. <laughs> so he was actually the Red Power Ranger on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Like the OG Power Rangers? I think so, yeah. I think Because it, it has been, like, obviously remade a shit ton of times in cartoons and all sorts of stuff. But, yeah. I want to say it was the original. You're going to ruin the Power Rangers for me and so many others? <laughs> I mean... I don't, like I said, this, I don't know if it was like the OG or not, but yeah, he was definitely, that was, he did it for a while, but I mean, obviously it was short-lived because it wasn't a long-term thing. And so his acting career, basically the older he got past about the age of 20 or actually before that, even he was more like 18, 19, just kind of fizzled away. So after his acting career, he actually joined the U.S. Navy. But again, like we see a lot of times with people, it didn't last very long. He ended up being discharged from the Navy because he decided that he was just going to leave for 15 days without authorization. Solid choice. You can do that. That's fine. Yeah. Just disappear for 15 days. Anyway, so years continue on. Skylar becomes more and more in debt. He's used to that acting. I get whatever the hell I want, basically. He actually did get married, though. He had a wife. Her name was Jennifer Henderson. And at the time that this all occurred, they were so badly in debt that they were actually living in, I believe, one of Skylar's family's, like, converted garages. So it was like a garage that was more like a bedroom. So they were basically living in a garage. And they actually had a newborn. I think their child at the time was around nine months old. Like an infant, not a newborn. but So, yeah, living in a garage. Anywho's, so... Obviously, that being said, you guys, clearly, Skylar cannot afford a $440,000 yacht, needless to say. So, and not only us, but Tom and Jackie at the time, they could see that as well. They definitely had their doubts when this basically kid shows up to buy their expensive yacht. 
So sensing the doubts from Tom and Jackie, Skylar was like, okay, what can I do here? Are they going to sell it to me? Or are they not? What can I do? So he comes up with a brilliant idea. Actually, truly it was because I don't think he truly knew. Obviously, he didn't know a whole lot about Tom and Jackie, but the choice he made obviously worked very well, which was he was able to strike a, strike a soft spot, I should say, with the new grandparents because he brought over Jennifer, his wife, and their new baby. So tugging on those oh, new well, parents. Oh, she was in on it? Well, we'll get to that. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Yeah, they tug on the heartstrings of the new, the soon to be new grandparents and the new grandparents. And so eventually Tom and Jackie were like, okay, I guess he said he was an actor at one point. He wants to buy our yacht really bad. We need to sell it. We want to go back to Arizona. So let's just go forward with it. So Tom and Jackie agreed that on November 15th, Skylar could come and basically ride along in the yacht and see how it ran so they could finalize the sale. Now on November 15th, Skylar did not show up by himself. Shocking. So he comes with two friends. Their names were Alonzo McCain, and this was a funny one for me too. Literally, his name is John F. Kennedy. Gee, I wonder who his parents idolized. <clears throat> yeah. So, as you could say, like if you're not watching this, I air quoted friends because sure as shit, they were hired thugs, basically. Shockingly. No. So. As soon as well-deserved, the yacht left Newport Beach Harbor in California. Skylar would basically turn on Tom and Jackie. So it was almost immediate once they left the port. He turned on them and was like, basically made his intentions clear. So the couple was basically ambushed or bum-rushed, I should say, while they were in the cabin of the boat by the three men. Now, this definitely wasn't easy for them to do, the three of them, because like I said before, Tom... Basically, a lot of people said that he was more like a bodybuilder, so he's a very strong dude, very physically fit, and same with Jackie, too. So it was a massive struggle. It, they had brought a stun gun with them. I believe it was the John F. Kennedy dude. He was a bigger dude, too, because he's basically like the hired muscle more to, he in a sense, put Tom in a chokehold in order to try to subdue him. I believe at one point, Tom even was able to kick his leg back and landed it square in like the stomach of Skylar and he like literally got knocked to his feet. This then caused Tom to be straight up just like sucker punched in the like the temple region of his head, which basically knocked him almost unconscious. He was just in a in a daze. Jackie, unfortunately, she was witness to all of it until they also subdued her. They attempted to use this the stun gun on her. And once they were under control, the three thugs, basically, I'll call them, tied them up. They gagged them. They blindfolded them. And they basically, like, I, the way I see it is they probably tied them together with rope. Um, so they were stuck together, and they couldn't talk, couldn't see each other, nothing. The saddest part that I was researching, too, is that I guess during this whole process, once they were realizing that what was happening, Tom would reach behind and grab Jackie's hand and just kind of like caress it and rub it and trying to console her the only way that he could. During the process, too, Skyler brought paperwork with him to basically force Tom into the bill of sale of the yacht, which he did do because he was like, at that point, it's a boat. Who the fuck cares? This is their life. 
sign it over, try to do whatever he could to save their lives. Um, ultimately, like I said in the very beginning, that effort just it wasn't enough. They, like I said, were tied to an anchor. And like I said, Tom was kind of in a day, so he wasn't all completely cognizant of what was happening, but Jackie was, and they were thrown over the boat still alive, tied to the anchor. Oh, yeah, um, you can't leave witnesses. Yeah, so I just, and I know as twisted and dark as this is, the three thugs were at least smart enough to not bring a gun onto a boat because if you miss and strike something else in a boat, you could potentially make a hole in said boat. They brought the stun gun, but that's not going to kill somebody. So what were their options left, which is yeah, absolutely I mean, horrific. I mean, the, I mean, there's always the option of letting them live. I mean, they obviously they could go to the police, everything. So I'm not trying to be unempathetic or anything. Like what happened to them is horrific and to drown to death is awful. Let alone know what's happening. I don't ever want to experience something like that or try to understand what that feeling is like. But it's, God damn. It's always the good people. It's always like the good people. That's what they say. Like, I'm a firm believer, like, the good die young is because bad people or people with malicious intent or ill intent will do whatever it takes to keep themselves alive and prolong their longevity. And they don't mind hurting good people to do it. And people become martyrs for the wrong thing. And this is a whole other tangent that's not particularly useful here. But all that to say, yeah, it's fucked up what happened to them. Yeah, yeah, it's extremely fucked up. And then even afterwards, as a celebration, I guess, the three men decided that they were going to basically immediately start looting the yacht and even help themselves to the beers that were in the fridge. Cheers. Yeah, they, one, one guy even said that one of them had even helped himself to the fishing pole that was there in the yacht too and just stood there at the end of the yacht and started fishing and drinking the beer. Nonchalant, just no big deal. It's fine. He's trying to be like Sony. He's like trying to be like Tony Soprano over here. I don't know. Did you ever watch The Sopranos? Yeah. Did you see the scene where Polly dies? Not Polly. Some other guy. It's not Polly. Polly doesn't die. At least not as far as we watched. Fuck. It's not pussy either. Maybe it's puss. Anyway, he dies. I mean, I'm not spoiling this for anyone. The Sopranos have been gone for a long time. But anyway, they take him on a boat. They take him on a boat because they found that he was a snitch and he was like wearing wire and blah, 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 blah. And they kill him on the boat and they like chuck him overboard. I mean, they shoot him in the head, but then they chuck him overboard. But I'm like, who are you? You're not a Soprano. This isn't TV. But he's an actor. Well, that sure shit wasn't acting. (laughs) Yeah. It's really anyway. friggin' twisted. That's actually the murder itself. So I'm gonna now dig into the actual investigation. So the next day, a friend of Tom and Jackie's show up at their boat to find it literally in shambles, completely looted, and the couple was obviously missing. So it was ironic because this friend knew that he was gonna be going over to see Tom and Jackie that day because he had agreed to help them in moving back to Arizona. So he's, he shows up there and what the hell? Like, oh my God. I guess Tom's brother, I want to say, was a police officer or a firefighter, one of the two in the San Diego-ish area or the California-ish area. 
So he immediately comes over and goes to the scene and they're like, yeah, there's something really not right about this. And ironically enough, like an investigation starts almost immediately. Within days, I believe it was, Skylar and his wife were being questioned. So it was at that point where you still had plenty of like technology available to see this is a dude that had responded to the ad. So they were able to find that out and be like, let's see if he knows anything because he may have been one of the last people to see them alive. So they interviewed Skylar and Jennifer. And initially, Skylar would explain that he did indeed buy the yacht and that the Hawks, so Tom and Jackie, decided that they were going to move to Mexico. That was his first, that was his first, I guess, lie, I should say, that he told to police. And I think that he has to prove how he bought it. Like just a bill of sale doesn't mean you bought it. Yeah. Okay. So he, yeah, he at least got that far as to getting like the bill of sale signed, which was notarized too, actually. So he showed this notarized, I put in quotes too, bill of sale to police. So police were like, okay. And I guess, I mean, obviously he's an actor. So whether it be a shitty one or not, um, he was very calm during this whole process. So the police were like, well, I guess maybe, you know, at first. But then the more like Tom's brother and the sons and everybody that knew Tom and Jackie, they're like, why the hell would they move to Mexico? That doesn't make any sense. Their whole reason for selling their dream boat was to be back in Arizona with their family, not Mexico. Now, I be- honestly, the more we get into this, like, Skyler as a person, I believe, is like one of those that you would truly categorize as like a pathological liar. Like he just spews them out. And I'm like, dude. It jumps. Yeah. Now, one of the stories he came up with as well, because of course, like you said, like just because you have a bill of sale doesn't mean that you, it's a true proof of purchase. So when police say, obviously during the investigation, they're going to look at Tom and Jackie's account to see was that $440,000 in their account which of course it was not. What he then said to police, Skylar did, is that, oh, well, I gave him cash for it. So I paid cash because by the way, I did a drug deal and that's how I got 400 and some odd dollars, 400,000 dollars in cash was because I did a drug deal. Knowing that at least, yeah, he confessed to a drug deal, but like police aren't gonna be able to prove that because I mean, if it did happen, like obviously it already occurred or like he's not gonna be in trouble for that because he can't prove anything. So that was his next lie was that, okay, I gave him cash for it. And then they said that they're going to take the cash and move to Mexico. Again, if he was smart enough, like he didn't really know Tom and Jackie. Like these were people that were like, like I said, Tom was a firefighter and a probation officer. Like they're not dumb people. So again, the families, they would never just take cash from somebody that's like where there's no paper trail. And this was like someone they don't know. Yeah. yeah, let me just take your fucking duffel bag full of money. This isn't weird or off-putting or any way, shape, or form. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So the family's like, absolutely not. That did not occur. So, you know, yeah, as... Sorry. And they probably aren't hurting for money. So they probably didn't need the almost half a million dollars to go to Mexico. Like, right. Mexico, $20 gets you pretty far in Mexico. Like, you oh, can yeah. live really good in Mexico on thirty grand a year. Like, you can live like a fucking king. Yep. 
So it, the whole thing just, and especially knowing who Tom and Jackie were, just didn't make any sense. No sense at all. As investigators are like trying to find evidence and stuff like that, obviously they're checking the yacht. And so in Well Observed, they find a receipt from Target for bleach, trash bags, and Tums. In case the whole murder thing gives um, you like the acid <laughs> reflux. Oh, your poor belly. Okay. Yeah. And you want to guess who they were able to find out purchased these said items? Well, it's probably not the hired thugs. So it's probably actor boy or actor boy's wife. Yeah, it was Jennifer. Okay, so. well, fuck her too. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, she was seen on I guess, surveillance videos at that Target at that time buying those three items. So she's getting into the picture and into the scheme a little bit more and more. Now, they then find Tom and Jackie's car located near the kind of like the border of Mexico in California. So around like Baja, California, with literally some random people in it. So they get pulled over and police are like, why the fuck do you have this vehicle? And so I shake you not, these people were like, well, this dude named Skylar and this chick named Jennifer gave us this car. They didn't like change their names. What the fuck? Nope. I mean, they're not the brightest. They thought they had this all figured out, but absolutely not. So literally, you know, like, why I thought they had this all figured out because they thought this was like a movie where the pieces that don't make sense just get skipped, just kind of get looked over. Wait, why? Why wouldn't they use fake names? Like, why? Blah blah blah. blah. We're just gonna not put that piece in the show or the movie. We're just gonna keep the plot going. Yeah, it's the little holes in the plot line. Poor research. No wonder he wasn't a famous actor. He did not do his actor research very well. <laughs> yeah. And again, it is it, it gets more and more here. So, of course, then police, they're like, okay, what? And now they're looking at that bill of sale that Skylar so ha like nicely handed to them. And in the bill of sale, they obviously you have the name of a notary that that signed it. So they then approached that said notary about that bill of sale and what, how it went down and all that and whatnot. And according to the notary, she actually crumbles in front of police officers and she admitted to accepting a $2,000 bribe from Skylar and Jennifer to backdate the paperwork. I mean, at least she was honest. Yeah. Yeah. So they made it appear as though it wasn't like the day before, like November 15th, that the sale had happened and that Skylar had actually owned the yacht for probably a week or days, at least prior to them going missing, but was not smart enough to realize that when you're paying somebody money and giving them a bribe, if they come forward in front of police that, you know, like, there's no guarantee that they're not going to tell the police about that. Yep. And then when, when police then looked at Jennifer, they went over to, I think it was her parents' house because she was staying at that, in that garage, but she also spent, I guess, a lot of time over at her parents' house. And when they like searched her room at her parents' house, they found, I don't even know, like numerous items that were known to be looted from the yacht. She wanted all the sparkly things or whatever it was that Jackie had, but clearly she just thought, it's fine. I'm just going to keep them at my parents' house. They're not going to find them. But she's not a bad person. She didn't kill them. She didn't kill those people. So she's not a bad person. 
Wow. She's just a mother doing whatever she can for her child. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Listen, I don't give a shit if you steal diapers from Target. Listen, do what you're going to fucking do. I don't, I don't care about that. They're a corporation. If you want to cry about inflation, I don't care. If you need diapers and you don't have the money for them and you don't have the resources to get them and you need to steal some diapers for your kid, fine. But murder? When you have a place to stay, like, no, living in someone's garage isn't ideal, but guess what? At least you have people that care about you enough that are willing to let you live on their property. There are plenty of people in the streets that are there because they just didn't have someone willing to let them live with them. Like, I have zero sympathy for her. The only living victims of this whole tale as of now are like their children, the grandchildren, and this couple's baby. And and the sad and like disgusting thing, like we we hear all the time, even like with my last episode, I know that I did research on, is that in the end, I guess investigators they like tallied up all the items that were stolen out of the yacht because obviously the yacht itself what ended up being no benefit to Skylar and Jennifer because it was found before they could try to resell it or whatever it was that they were going to do to it. But so what they did, I guess, semi-profit off of or whatever was the stuff that they looted out of there, which only equivalent, like roughly ended up being like $3,800. $3,800. Wow. So you hear that all the time. People get like, there's this one murder of this dude who he was like this older guy in his house and people broke into his home because he was just known in the community as like this crazy old guy who kept all of his money in a mattress and he would walk around with money in his pockets like because he didn't trust banks so people broke into his house to rob him and i think they stole like 200 bucks yeah people die all the time for shit like that it's so stupid yep it's absurd and it's like in the grand scheme of things absolutely makes no sense so going into the trials and the sentencing so skylar jennifer mccain and kennedy would all be put on trial for the murder so all four of the individuals now jennifer's case initially like police and investigators thought would be really hard to achieve because of the fact like you said that she wasn't there she didn't do any of the acts she wasn't there to actually commit the murder now it was, I think he was the last one to be found, which was McCain, because he actually fled to Mexico himself after committing the crime, but he was eventually captured. He was kind of like the one that told all. So he's the one that told the story and gave all the details and whatnot. So he, uh, because of all the, not only the evidence that they found tying Jennifer, like that receipt, like all the items and all that stuff. He also said that she was basically like the ringleader. So she was like the one that created the idea. She's the one that like basically told Skylar what to do. So, I mean, she definitely wore the pants in that relationship. Anyways, so she, they put her on trial for first degree murder. And luckily, just within, I think it was only four hours of deliberation, the jury would convict Jennifer of first degree murder times two. So she would receive two life sentences. Clap, clap, clap. Good. I'll be honest. I'm actually surprised that she got charged with that in the first place. Because a lot of times, like you saw in, like we saw in the Ken and Barbie killer case with Carla, like 
they're pinned, like the women who don't commit the crime are pinned as like, it was their idea. They're the ringleader. This was like, I was just doing what I was told basically. And a lot of times the women are portrayed as scared. And if I don't do this, then I'll die. Like my safety's in jeopardy, like my livelihood's in jeopardy. So I'm actually surprised that they were able to get her two life sentences. Yeah. Yeah. And then if anybody watches documentaries or there's like the first 48, I know that's a big one where it goes into the actual trial sometimes too. It's so many times people are semi-involved, but they may not be actually be there for the crime. And it's really hard to actually put them on trial for first degree murder because typically first degree murder means that you're the one actually acting upon and doing the crime itself. So it typically be like a secondary mm-hmm. murder or whatever, but because of just how absolutely like, horrific, obviously the murders were, and because they, I think it was even like text messages they had that like Jennifer was literally like texting Skylar while he was murdering them and asking about it and like asking how it went and all that shit. So, I mean, it was just a huge amount of just shit against her that they're like, let's go ahead and go forward with it. And they were actually successful. So that, it, to me, it was definitely well-deserved for her. She's never going to get out of prison ever. And it gets better. Of course, Skylar naturally would just continue to spew lies up until the very end. Uh, and this is what the, like, the most absurd ones I've ever heard is that he said that, oh yeah, I actually know that Tom and Jackie are murdered. They're not alive. That's right. But I didn't do it. And apparently he knew that the couple was involved in a drug deal that went wrong. And I'm like, and how would he know that? He doesn't know these people. Right. And I'm like, not only that, but I'm like, I'm sorry, but somebody who is a former firefighter and probation officer, somebody who literally like basically was basically like a police officer. You're telling me that he was doing a drug deal that went wrong. Like why? And obviously like they, they weren't on hard times either. They didn't need the money. Like it, it, what, what the fuck? <laughs> At the very end, he finally was like, yeah, like he tells that he did it and all that stuff. But it's like after, I don't even know how many lies that just were absolutely absurd. So Skyler was put on trial and he was eventually convicted of first degree murder. And because he had some previous robbery cases too, and I think there's even like another case open on him where he was trying to have somebody murdered. I don't know if it was actually successful or not, but like, he was in jail for a robbery he had done prior to the murder of Jackie and Tom. And while he was in jail, he met a guy and he's like, hey, I'll pay you whatever to murder this dude. Or I think it was like his uncle or something like that, or cousin. And of course the guy was like, sure, I'll do it. But then like, tells police about it. So it's like, not only did he have that like open case yeah. on him in regards to trying to literally hire somebody to murder somebody else. He also had like previous robbery cases as well. So because of his pre, like prior convict like sentencings and stuff like that, when he was put on trial, they were able to successfully find him guilty and actually sentence him to the death penalty. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah, which I mean, to me, I'm like, does, he deserves every bit of that, whether or not like he's in jail for the rest of his life or he's sentenced to death, but it's a little shocking because it is California and we know we typically think that as a more like liberal state and stuff like that, but I, it really was because of, they always say burning to death or drowning alive is like the worst ways to die. And because Tom and Jackie were such great people and they had so much support behind them and they were literally just wanting to live and be with their grandchild. I think that really tugged at everybody and we're like, no, like this absolutely needs to happen. 
So he was sentenced to the death sentence, which he's still on death row at San Quentin. So as far as I know, which somebody had told me too, that like the death row in California, like it's, it is rather large. So it's like, there's a really high chance that he'll just end up dying from old age before he gets to like the bottom of the list. Sure. I mean, the crazy thing about death row, too, is I, I could be wrong. So if someone who, like, works death row happens to be listening to this podcast, please, or someone correct me in the comments if I'm wrong. But if I'm right about death row, it's really, like, random. Like, just because you go in as number 333 doesn't mean you're going to be the 333rd person to die. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I know they semi-fish planet to an extent. But shit always ends up happening because, you know, obviously if somebody's older and gets convicted of death row, they may die before they get to them and all jumbles up and whatnot. But yeah, so I mean, either way, like he's definitely never going to get out ever. And he may get that lethal injection. He may not. I don't know. Now, the John F. Kennedy would also be found guilty of first degree murder. And he was the other individual that would receive the death sentence because he was like very legitimately like a hired thug and had a huge rap sheet. So with this murder on top of that, I should say this double murder, he also received the death sentence. Now, due to the fact that McCain had, he was basically the only one that almost immediately was willing to admit to everything that happened and he did help the investigation. He really pieced everything together for police. They, I, and it's, I don't think he should have gotten this, but I mean, it is what it is because he was a huge role in the actual convictions was he got a plea deal. So McCain would receive only a 20 year prison sentence. It's the Carla Homolka thing all over again. The only difference is they didn't know about her in-depth level of involvement until the videotapes came out after she accepted the plea, Mm -hmm. right? So it's the same thing. It's like, it's an outrageous deal, but it's like without that person, we can't get everything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where they got all the details at the very end. Like, I know one of the sad ones that I read was, I guess, one of Jackie's last words before she was, like, gagged and was unable to speak was all she said was she looked at Skylar and was like, we trusted you. So really, this is a story of some good people putting their trust in the wrong person. They did have that initial gut instinct, but because him and Jennifer both decided let's really tug at these people and bring a baby and stuff like that and show them that we're this happy young couple that are just trying to buy their dream boat, too, it's like, They acted, basically. They played the game. And it's really awful. I mean, that's really the gist of the story. That's the story that I have for you guys this week. And I do have a little bit of, like, extra bits, of course, like we always like to do at the end. Just some facts and not-so-fun facts, as Darcy likes to say. So, sadly, Tom and Jackie's bodies were never found. So, in a twist of, like, fate and, like, some, some sort of twist, I don't even know how to say it, is that the ocean that they loved so dearly and spent so much time on it was their passion would ultimately end up being their final resting place and refused to let mm-hmm. them go now one source did tell me too that tom and jackie they were actually able to meet their grandson one time and i believe this is accurate and that was just like a few days after the child was born they were able to take a trip back to arizona to meet the baby and i believe it was like 
per one of the sources said that like Jackie, like this is just the kind of person she was, had even like made like those, I forget what they're called. I think they're like called mobiles or whatever, the mobiles that like hang above like a crib or something along the lines of that. It was like seashells that she had collected on the beaches and like beads and stuff that she had given to the baby. Yeah. So they got to meet the baby once before this all happened. But yeah, sad, sad. And then I guess a little bit about if I'm going to go full circle here, I'll give a little bit more extra bits if I must. about Skylar, Jennifer, and all the peoples. Well, Skylar and Jennifer would, right before I think the trials ended, filed for divorce. So they are no longer married. Yeah. Okay. It's not okay. like a fun fact. Not that that matters, yeah. but okay. And like I said previously, Skylar now identifies as female. So he is a she. He even attempted, I guess, while in prison to cut off his penis with a razor blade, but was unsuccessful. Okay. I'm just like, ow. Like, how did you think you were going to be able to achieve that? I don't know. He also thought that he could just kill a couple on a boat and just say that they were involved in a drug deal gone wrong and fled to Mexico. So the thought process of this person isn't that deep. No. And frustrates me the most is that some of Skylar's family and friends, whatever he did have left, they were trying to tell obviously like the press and everything like that about how he had this difficult life when that it was so hard for him when he was a child. And because we do talk about that sometimes with serial killers, especially it's their reasoning behind maybe how twisted they are as a person or how they're fucked up in the head and their thought processes. But really it's he, the only thing that they said is that he had been supposedly abused by his father who had AIDS and died, I guess. And like, to me, I'm like, that doesn't, that's still, like we say all the time, that doesn't mean you resort to murder. It doesn't justify murder. No, I'm sorry. I don't care how hard your life was. It doesn't justify murder. Now, now, I'm happily with my words. I'm a huge fan of vendettas. Like, I'm a huge fan of the anti-hero. Like, the girl with the dragon tattoo, you know, everybody who's, I'm going to get vengeance on the people that wronged me. Listen. You do your thing. I'm not going to sit here and tell you not to. But what I'm not going to do is champion people who say, my life is hard. Woe is me. I had a hard life. Therefore, the actions that I do next are going to have rippling repercussions that hurt tons and tons of people for no reason. Like, I had a hard life. Mm-hmm. Like, you had struggles. Yeah, we both had our hard like, lives. Everybody has struggles. Everybody has hardships, but that doesn't justify going around and just being like, well, because you have more than me, it justifies me murdering you. And I'm going to take the time to plan this because this is what I want. No, that doesn't, I don't condone any of that. All I'm saying is what, whatever his life circumstances were, that didn't justify what he did to these people in his family to turn around and try to create some stupid story it's okay then where the fuck were you to help him in his hard times and literally all i can picture like when i think of him is that like he's just that that child that was like like i said he was an actor so it's like he was so used to just whatever he wanted he can have and it's like he saw that yacht or even jennifer too for that fact and they're like well we want that and that was a lifestyle that they wanted 
but they didn't want to put in the work or the effort or anything to have any of that. And instead they just decided to take two innocent lives for it. And this case absolutely frustrated me to an nth degree, but it was just like, Oh my God. And especially just the aftermath of the investigation. I'm like, how idiotic and how dumb and you didn't put any thought into this, but I'm glad you didn't because I mean, the fact that you were caught pretty quickly and you received the justice I am all here for, but yeah, that's my story I have for you. That was infuriating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a awfully beautiful listener suggestion. So thank you um, to whoever recommended it. You never said their names, but I won't say any names either. But to thank you to whoever recommended it because that was infuriating. Yeah. yeah. All my friends know nowadays, I'm like, oof, please talk murder to me. You got something? Like, tell me. I have a list. I need a hit. <laughs> need a hit but yeah so anyway all right well thank mm -hmm. you for the trauma and i am a terrible person this week and i did not at the very end cite my sources but we will put that into the description so i'll just go ahead and put that out there so meaning darcy will probably put that in the description for us yeah, Darcy will put her sources in the description. That's totally fine. As long as your sources are in your Google Doc, I will go grab them from your Google You're Doc the and best. put them in there. Thank you so much. Anyway, well, thank you guys so much for being here. That was very traumatizing, but we appreciate it. And we will see you on the next one. Cheers. Cheers. Boop.